to A Couple of Goons. I am Waltiki. I am one of the goons. Joining me today, as always, is the other goon, who you likely know as Neil Payne. Neil, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm goon too. You're goon too. I mean, like, I think that, like, you're goon too, but I'm goon B. So, like, it's like there's no top goon in, the, in this environment, you know? Right. Although top goon would have also been a good name for the podcast. What if we did a limited limited run series where we figure out the, the 25 best goons in hockey history and we call it Top Goon? My understanding is that the offseason is a rather long period with not a lot of news and we'll have an opportunity to do the Goon of the Year and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm tired of this Lady Bing BS. I want the least gentlemanly, most goonish player of Absolutely. the to be honored. We need to, I, I don't even know how you pronounce it, so I'm going to sound it out, but like, we need like, you know, the like, Mr. Majipula, you need to say the name backwards. It's the like, the Lady Nibe? The Lady Nibe? The Lord Nibe. All right, now we're talking. Yeah. Anyway. It would start with a G. Yeah. This is a podcast about, um comic book lore anyway um no uh, i mean so, look i'd be down we can talk about we could talk about the clone saga for the reception to the, to the dungeon episodes. of dragons commentary was like really positive in a way that i think that we might want to consider continuing to do that. <laughs> i know it's, this is i mean i guess this was always going to go down a path of eventually becoming a D podcast so yeah it's like um uh i i can't think of a um can't think of a critical role joke off the top. Of I'm head. a I'm a Philadelphia Flyer. I'm an Aracocra who's just kind of lousy. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll assign um, we'll assign character archetypes to teams. Next. Well, I think I might suspect what a New York Ranger could be. You know? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so it is uh it's so it's, we're at an interesting juncture today. We think it's going to be a smaller episode, but hey, you never know. Uh because we've seen one game of Stanley Cup hockey. And as a longtime Montreal Canadiens fan, we got them exactly where we want them. <laughs> well, I was going to say you say we've seen one game of Stanley Cup hockey. You've literally seen one game of Stanley Cup hockey like as a Ever. human in your yeah, life. No, for real, definitely. I've definitely never watched a game of the Stanley Cup. It might have been on a bar in a background, but I've never like paid attention to a Stanley Cup. I've never seen a Stanley Cup win. I've never seen. Right. Yeah. I'm just kind of coming into this completely blind. Which is, you know, it'll be a nice Easter egg for you when um, when they play one shining moment at the end after the cup is raised. And <laughs> they just have a montage of cheerleaders and, you know, crying uh, students. Do they then need to play the Canadian version of One Shining Moment right yeah, after it? Yeah, which is in French. <laughs> it's it's by Luther Vandross, but it's in <laughs> French. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I really enjoyed uh, my first game of playoff hockey. It was great. I watched it in the One Star Bar in New York City. And, oh, wow, nice. Uh, I watched it with, um, you, I feel like you know Kim, but I also watched it with yeah. Jake Hutt. Oh, wow, Yes. Former guest, uh, alum, and future guest, alum of um, uh, of a couple of goons, alum of a couple of goons. Uh, though you never truly graduate from this podcast, it does just kind of suck you back in. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're always having to get like you know extra credits, and they're they're trying. You know what? A couple of goons is a for profit goons university. <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're establishing that as canon. A for profit g- university 
podcast is literally just a Patreon. So, <laughs> like, That's right. That's why we'd like to announce. Uh, no, I, I think no. that um, someday we'll cross that that bridge. Right now, we're just we're just milking ads off the GitHub. GitHub absolutely, yeah. Uh, we, we absolutely have a lot of ads on the GitHub. So actually, wait. Since when we talked last week, we didn't know who the final was going to be, right? Yeah it's it's been uh, it's been a weird period of time. I, I don't think we even knew that. Um, I don't think we had even known that Montreal had had advanced, and we definitely didn't know that Tampa had advanced. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, things can change. We should in a go hurry. back to the tape and figure out who, which brilliant innovator, understander of hockey was the one who bet on this being the final. Like, we'll just have to go back and, and figure out who won the cookie puss. Do we have yeah, to throw well, it in the I mean, if only one of us was um, was the producer of this show, they would have that, that clip teed up. <laughs> yeah, that would be actually, I'm going to walk that back. No, we shouldn't do that. I win. I'm great. I'm very good at predicting <laughs> hockey now. <laughs> yeah, so the cookie puss, um, like, uh, doomsday scenario would have been <laughs> Islanders versus canadians right yes if i'm remembering right that is correct um which we hastily decided while i was in a hotel we were both in hotel rooms in yeah. uh scattered across the country and you would just uh come downstairs from a rooftop pool i had if I'm remembering right i was uh, still like chlorinated at the time yeah. it was great <laughs> i was feeling very cocky <laughs> yeah so I mean, it worked out though. You had you had reason to. Um, whereas I was like, I like the cut of the Islanders chip. You know, I will say the Islanders did give it a uh, a pretty good go. You know, yeah. I think that they um, they gave the the Lightning more trouble than uh, maybe the Lightning were expecting to get. But I don't know. This Lightning team is is pretty tough. Um, as Montreal learned in Game One of uh, the Stanley Cup Final. See, that's where you're wrong, Neil. We were just probing them for weaknesses. It was like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. We were just mm. allowing them to kind of, oh, oh, we're shocked right now. Oh, yeah, this is real bad. But, you know, we never checked the same place twice. And uh, we've got them exactly where we want them. Down, <laughs> up one. <laughs> I kind of see the Canadians more as like that, um, the the little like uh, frilly lizard that spat in uh, <clears throat> Newman's face. The Dilophosaurus. the acid. Is that where you know the name of it? Okay. The cool, cool, cool. Yes. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I will say Montreal did lose game one of the conference finals to the Golden Knights. Four to one. It was a tactical loss. It four, was a... a four to one, which is not far off from five to one. And then they ended up winning each of the next two games mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately won the series. Uh, they did not lose any games at all to the Winnipeg Jets. So you can't look at that situation. And they um, they lost game one. Uh, no, they, they I'm sorry. They won game one of the first round series against the Leafs. So you can't kind of point to that. But I do think that they, they have a roadmap, at least, of feeling someone out, figuring out what their weaknesses are, and then winning a couple of toss-up games, one of which was in overtime. Uh, to, to, to take a series lead and ultimately win the series. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a sustainable path for them. A hundred percent. It got them this far, you know? <laughs> I mean, what is a sustainable path in hockey? I think we've learned, um, you know, you've learned, I've kind of been trying to tell you the whole time. There is no <laughs> such thing as a sustainable path no. to winning the Stanley cup. It, it, you gotta it get lucky all the time. So your team of the week this week, I mean, who who, ris- who rose the most in the, in the 
patented uh <laughs> www.github.com slash neilpain538.com all spelled out who, who won the most in our rankings I, I feel like it's the tampa bay lightning so i didn't actually uh compute it this time because it's <gasps> like that's the finals you know we you can throw the record book out the window that's you can say that people say oh yeah there's no tomorrow. Your back's against the wall. You can throw the record book out the window. You know, Why would you throw things. the record book out the window and not the current scorecard out the window? Like the record <laughs> book, like, are we just going to forget that, that like, does, does Wayne Gretzky go back to being like typical, like Canadian man? Like of no renown because yeah, we've thrown our record book out. When <laughs> like, you throw the record book out the window, actually, um, it's, it's called the great reset. <laughs> and uh both Gretzky brothers this is actually a sign of the apocalypse they'll know it's the Canadian apocalypse when both Gretzky brothers have the same number of career goals that's how the, it was prophesied it was prophesied uh long ago so we'll see no I I think that um I think the lightning just deserve it for for winning uh not only finishing off the Islanders but also winning game one uh and you know whatever sort of doubts maybe we would have had about their ability to close out a team like the Islanders after that overtime uh, loss in game six that forced game seven. I mean, they played a great game of defensive hockey in game seven against the Islanders and did not really give them a whole lot to work with. I don't think that it was like classic Islanders. I mean, classic uh, lightning hockey by any means. I don't think we, we think of this team as being the kind that wins one nothing games, but in some ways, going up against a Montreal team that has become known, I think their reputation as like this, oh, they're like the 90s New Jersey Devils of the present <laughs> day and they just suck the you know the joy out of the game and their defensive. I, I think that might be a little overblown, but what I have liked about them, but maybe goes away if you're able to kind of play that game with them, is they're a great counterattacking team, mm. uh, Montreal is. And so to see the Lightning, there were a couple times in game one. Uh, so first of all, yeah, to see them win win game seven over the Islanders the way they did in sort of a checking type of, you know, low-scoring manner. But then in game one of the Stanley Cup final, to see them, you know, shut down some of those counterattacking plays where the, the Canadians seem kind of comfortable getting outshot and having a lot of the play happen in their own end, as long as they can sort of do these quick strike counterattack uh, type of um, rushes to the other end. And there was, uh, there were a couple of those, but one really stood out to me where they had a three on one at first kind of coming back the other way after Tampa had, you know, kind of done their thing deep in the, in the Habs zone and Braden point uh, did an awesome job of skating back and, breaking up what could have been a very dangerous pass in the center of the ice. And that was, you know, a lot of things go right for you in a five, one win. That wasn't like, Oh, if he hadn't done that, they wouldn't have won. But I do think that it shows like, I don't think it's going to be as easy uh, against Tampa as it was against some of these other teams uh, to, to turn things around and go from being outshot and outpossessed to, Hey, we're dangerous in the blink of an eye, the same way that um, they, they had been doing. And I think that that's been one of the big factors for them in generating offense has been that sort of like defense to offense transition and getting um, good opportunities off the, off the counterattack. So that's my way of saying that the lightning you know, kudos to them for for doing that and showing that they can win a bunch of different ways. And I think that that is what has made them team of the week. And we might have like a team of the year 
by this Ooh. time next year. Uh, sorry. Well, definitely by this time next year, uh, <laughs> we'll actually have, you know what, if all, if all goes according to plan and the uh, dreaded Delta variant isn't too scary, we'll have two teams of the year by Ooh. this time next year because we'll have a uh, a champion in about a week and then another <laughs> champion hopefully uh, earlier in the summer than right now. But yeah, we'll we'll hopefully have a team of the year next week and then we can throw a um well what carvel related treat can we ship to them i guess is the question you know if, if we i feel like to do that shipping is not really the strong suit of the carvel corporation i think that I, like, yeah i feel like it you know <laughs> anything that might like sit in a warehouse at room temperature yeah. you know anytime you're running that risk maybe not a good idea to, to send carvel that way yeah so uh, again just looking at the calendar Game two is Wednesday evening, which is tonight, which, you know, we've rec- we were recording this prior to that. Um, we already know game- Montreal will win. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then if they Five. don't win, you'll you'll go in and edit and say and have like a computer voice say, we know Tampa Bay will win over my voice. And that yeah, that's right. Too. Absolutely. We're known for editing. <laughs> we devote so much time to meticulously editing this podcast. You you listeners out there, you should hear it before. You think it was bad? You think it's bad now? Yeah. You should have heard the raw audio. Absolutely. In fact, I'm, I, I think that I hear drums. And, yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> so, uh, I thought you yes. were going to level me up. Mm, oh, I could, yeah. You've, As a you've podcaster. Up. You're now the associate editor of the podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm the assistant to the editor. Oh, you just got promoted again? Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> uh yeah so then so then uh next time we record which would be um the 7th of July uh what game number are we looking at by that point That's going to be game 5 I believe I'm oh, sorry yeah game 5 is Wednesday July 7th uh yeah. and then So unless I mean, that, there's a sweep if there's which, a sweep I mean, we will know the champion by then I feel like game 5 is going to be the one where the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup Oh, the cup. Okay, yeah, they'll win obviously where it's going. Here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, we'll probably know because then it's the Friday is the game six, and then game seven would be on Sunday, July eleventh. If of course the Canadians can't put them away in five and need seven games to somehow win this one, right? Which I, you know, I don't expect because also they need to win in six games or fewer to have a winning record on the entire season to no. have more wins than losses. <laughs> yes. It's wait, true. wait, 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 let's go back a little bit. What? <laughs> yeah. So the Canadians have lost uh, more times than they've won this season, <sighs> even after going to the Stanley cup final. Uh, and so they would need to win in six games or fewer. Uh, oh my God. To, yes. Uh, to, um, uh, to to not have to break even, so they they won thirty six times and they mm-hmm. lost thirty eight times after oh, no. game one. So yeah, if you do the math, uh, they won't have a winning record. They need to uh, win. They win the cup in six to... games or fewer. So they need yeah. to win four of the next five games. I love this. This is great because they need to win at least record. four to two. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, is that even a winning record or is that a tied record? Uh, they would, they would, they're minus two right now. So if they end up being plus three, they would, uh, like if they, over the next, uh, like if they win four of the next five, yeah, they would, um, have a winning record. They would have a winning record. And then yeah. if they won four so that would be of the next game. six, it would be a tie. Right. And that would be in seven. Cause remember one's already in the books. 
Yes. Okay. Now I get it. So right. yeah, it would oh, be a seven. As of right now, so if they win the season. cup, that would be, actually be really amazing. Uh, there, there's no way they can win the cup with a losing record because if it went seven, they would just break even. They, they would be like perfectly even. Um, so at least there's that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and also, I, I mean, uh, for listeners of uh, of my podcast at five thirty eight Hot Takedown, uh, you'll have heard this in in our rabbit hole of the week, but. Uh, yeah, this is not actually somehow the first time that a team has gone into the Stanley Cup Finals with a losing record over the whole season. This is actually <laughs> the eighth time that it's happened, uh, but only the second time since 1968 that it, that it happened. So it is not especially uh, you know a viable path recently, but uh, good for the Canadians. Uh, for doing it and Pull yeah, it out. I yep. can't decide whether I want to see them. I mean, obviously, I want to see them win. Because yes. just, you know, for the story alone, yes. um, for Canada, you know, kind of maybe for English speaking Canada, although I, I mean, I guess they'll take it. And then um, the uh, the fact that, yeah, you could have a champion that, that is 500. So I think I am rooting for that uh, that seven game solution uh, of of winning the cup and being exactly 500. I like that a lot. I want this to happen very, very badly. Um well, they're well on their way because they need three losses, remember, also. And they've got one of those in the books already as well. <laughs> yep. Like I said, so we they did exactly that early. We want them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is all part of the plan. All part of the plan. Um, I just noticed that this is the 24th episode of the podcast, A Couple of Goons. And we have a long-running tradition Fewer than 24 instances of it, but like, you know, we were some working out some kinks in the beginning there. Um, you know, a long running constant tradition of identifying the player of the week who shares the number of the podcast episode. And today is podcast episode 24 out of, of course, about 6,000 episodes to come. Right, um, yeah. So what, um, what is your, what is your player of the week? Well, I'm going to once again, pick a, pick a themed player, also, he's probably the best player to wear number 24. Uh, but I'm going to talk briefly about Chris Chelios, uh, who played for the Montreal Canadiens. I think most people would remember him as a member of the Blackhawks or the Detroit Red Wings because he also played a ton of games with them as well. In fact, he played more games with them than he did with Montreal. But he played the first seven years of his career with Montreal and also played 400 games for them as well. This dude played forever in his <laughs> in his total career. He played 1,651 games, and his career spanned from 1983 to 2010. So he Holy was still hell. playing. Yeah, get this. He was still playing at age 48 in 2010. He played for How? my late lamented Atlanta Thrashers, RIP. They live on as the Winnipeg Jets. How? Well, I mean, he was in fantastic shape. So he was known as being sort of like a workout warrior type guy that could um, could out, you know, uh, work out younger pl- players like half his age by the end of um, his career. Uh, and yeah, he was a defenseman and just, you know, sort of knew the mental game of hockey really well, knew where to be. Uh, he, cer- he was certainly able to sort of pitch in offensively. Uh, he scored 39 points in a season as late as 2002 when he was 40. He also led the NHL in plus minus that year. He's a plus 40. He had 126 penalty minutes, which gets him some goon points. Uh, and, and of course, over the entirety of his career, he had nearly 3,000 penalty minutes. He had 2,891. But yeah, <laughs> he played 26 years in the NHL 
now again that we've talked about Gordy Howe before. He may have been episode nine's um, patron saint. So hockey has a history of dudes playing for extremely long periods of time until like ridiculous ages. And so Chris Chelios is in that fine tradition. Uh, but yeah, he he played for Montreal and actually ended up winning the Stanley Cup uh, with them in I want to say. Uh, 1986. Yes. Uh, and, and then of course, um, he won it a couple more times with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, once in 2002 and once in 2008. Uh, but in 1986, uh, he was 24 years old when he won the cup. Uh, and that was his first cup win. And then in 2008, he was 46. So he won the cup at age 24 and at age 46. That also has to be one of the biggest gaps in ages between your first and last cup win. I can't imagine that there's any, I mean, just like mathematically, like that's kind of the earliest and the latest that you could conceivably get it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really close because, um, in, uh, 1986, he was, he was in his third season in the NHL. Uh, so it's like, you know, you're, you're really getting, like you said, very close to the start of your career, especially when you consider the fact that he only played 12 games as uh, in his first year, his debut year in 1984. So technically his rookie season was 1985 and he finished a runner up in the, um, in the rookie of the year race. So yeah, he was really just fresh, uh, you know, young player in that first cup win. And then he was a grizzled old veteran by the end. I also want to point out that he has won what we considered to be, in fact, he was the inaugural winner. This is Ooh. great of what we consider to be one of the finest and most uh, prestigious trophies in the NHL. And that would of course be the Mark Messier leadership award as presented by Mark Messier sponsored by Mark Messier, but sponsored by Mark ESPN's Mark Messier. Uh, <laughs> it was announced that he was joining the uh, broadcast crew for uh, NHL coverage on ESPN. So I wonder if that will, I guess it won't create a conflict of interest because like he already, it was already a major conflict of interest in the sense that it was basically, Hey, I like this guy, the award. Yeah. So no, it's it doesn't like, really change okay. anything. <laughs> Like the, the the there's no conflict of interest because it is exclusively his interest. Like, yeah, there's no conflict yeah. at all, uh, unless maybe he ha- if if and when uh, sometimes he has like multiple personalities or something. Maybe that could be the conflict of interest. You know, who <laughs> does Mark Messier and his alter ego Marcus Messier? Uh, <laughs> you know, which which one do they think is the best leader? But yeah, he was the first winner of what we. Uh, it's it's just the funniest award, and it was actually awarded. Um, this past, uh, I, I believe, this past um, week, they they announced the Mark Messier Leadership Award winner. Who to go to? Uh, and it was uh, Patrice Bergeron huh. of the Boston Bruins, which is like he he's a great leader. You know, I I uh, have no complaint about that award and no, nothing else to add. But it just feels like Mark. That, that's a little on the nose. He's known as a great leader. I need like your hipster leader picks, you know, find me like a deep cut leader. You know, we don't, we don't need the obvious leadership award choices, but anyway. Um, yeah. So that's Chris Chelios won that award. He was known for his leadership. Mainly he was known for playing absolutely forever. And he is our number 24 and he wore number 24 for, the Montreal Canadiens, he changed it to number seven for the Blackhawks, didn't win a cup with them, changed it back to 24 
when he joined the Red Wings, he did win a cup with them. So I don't know. I, I'm sensing a pattern here. Number yeah, I mean, like, listen, like is, <clears throat> you is and I, number. obviously, we very strongly believe in myths and not numbers. And like, you know, you know, the, the, the like magic, not science and ethics stuff. So I think that we're all on the same page here. Definitely has to do with a number, nothing else. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, that's just numerology 101, which itself is a number that has significance in numerology. <laughs> um, this actually just um, they just announced all the winners of stuff yesterday. Do you want to go over that? Yeah, let's let's talk about these uh, award winners. I think, yeah, all of them were have, have now been um, announced. Yes, because um, they announced. Yeah, they announced last night when there was no game. Uh, so, which is the right time you want to kind of draw attention to your your award process? Yeah, is when no one's watching or thinking about your. One hundred percent. You want to bury it as far as possible. I mean, it works for the Emmys every year. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> looks like Connor McDavid just won a ton of shit. <laughs> yeah, which is not surprising given how we've talked about him and also the fact that he uh, scored a hundred points in a season where no one should have come close to scoring a hundred points. <laughs> uh, there, so let's go bit by bit. Obviously Hart goes to Connor McDavid. Good show. Good times all around. He also won the uh, Ted, Ted Lindsay, which is the right, which NHL used player to be- association. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, it it used to be called uh, the Lester Pearson, which we uh, we talked about. Now Lester Pearson is just the name of the Toronto airport. It's very disappointing. <laughs> That's actually oh, true. <laughs> Calder Memorial um, went to uh, Kapsov of the Minnesota Wild. There you go. Yeah, we talked about him. Kirill the Thrill, as uh, Emily Shearer, our, uh, <laughs> our uh, often guest, uh, called him, I believe. Uh, he won, and like, I don't know, that was one where, uh, along with Connor McDavid winning the heart and some of these other ones, it was like, yeah, we kind of knew that this was going to happen the whole time. Yeah. But like, then, congrats. Uh, <laughs> congrats all around. The James Nor- Norris Memorial Trophy for defensemen went to, oh, look at that, New York Rangers Adam Fox. Yeah, a member of the the Rangers, so you should be excited about that. I was actually a little surprised, or at least, you know, um, this one was one that I think could have, that was more in doubt, I guess, or could have gone different ways. Uh, You know, I'm always partial to members of the Colorado Avalanche, um, as I've said many times on this show. (laughs) Uh, Kale McCarr finished as the runner-up, and I just love anyone named Kale McCarr. And Victor Hedman was also one of the finalists, and he... Uh, is now playing in the Stanley Cup final. Of course, that does not get applied to his uh, his award choice. But yeah, Adam Fox had a great season, so you know I don't have any problem with him and him winning. History that. was made. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I'm reading this from CBS Sports. Fox is the first defenseman to take home the award while being on a team that did not make the playoffs. So you know I got that going for me. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that is that a good thing? That sounds no, like a bad thing. It, it's a really bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Um, bad kind of history, bad history. And then the Vezina goes yes. to, uh, flurry. Right. And I th- was thinking that Andre Vasilevsky might win it. Um, again, speaking of, uh, players who are on the final stage, but you know, you can't take exception to flurry winning. And we talked about Grubauer having a great season, but he finished kind of a distant third in the voting. Um, Is that right? good for Mark Andre flurry. Good for him. You know, he, um, he this is his first uh Vezina trophy when 
even though he he has played what feels like uh, a very long time as well. So it's nice to see him actually win that award. Uh, and yeah, good for him. I like him. Sweet. So I know we said going to keep it a little short today. We're at about half hour. Uh, I guess, what are your expectations for the rest of the week between now and then? Well, I mean, obviously we're expecting Montreal to win a bunch of games. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see the the rest of the series right now. The ELO model, unfortunately for a longtime Canadians fan, Walt Hickey. Yes. It only gives them a 14.1% chance of winning the stanley cup uh it gives them a 41 percent chance of winning that's great (laughs) you know they i was also looking at this and their odds of making the third round going into the playoffs were only 11 percent, and their chance of making the finals was three percent so really right now even though the things look a little dire if all all you knew was just that oh they're the they only have a 14 percent chance of winning at this point down one nothing that's actually pretty good odds as far as they're concerned. You know, they've, <laughs> they've had lower odds to do uh, things that they did end up actually doing at, at a number of different points during the playoffs. So I don't think that they're worried necessarily, but I don't know. I think um, Tampa Bay is the best team. I mean, like there's nothing else to really say about it. Maybe we can roll this back in a week and uh, after Montreal rattles off a bunch of wins and it'll sound silly, but they've been the best team for a long time. Uh, Like there were a couple of other teams that seemed like they were sort of co-best team. Like we talked about Colorado. We talked about Vegas. Those are really the big three along with Tampa and Tampa has like answered all the questions that Vegas and Colorado couldn't during the playoffs. Uh, (laughs) It seems like so far. And they also answered every question last year. And really, if it were not, I mean, think about this. So in 2018, they went to the Eastern conference final and they went seven games uh, against the Washington Capitals. Now they did lose that uh, seventh game. Uh, you know, it wasn't like they were. Oh, they were so close in that game, uh, and and should have won or something like that. Um, but they had the opportunity. I believe they were up three two in that series. Um, so they they could have if they had just won one of those two games, the last two games of the series, they could have gone to the final. And w- the team that they beat in the conference finals, Washington, ended up winning the cup. Uh, over Vegas so we could have been talking about if they just won one of those two games (laughs) maybe they go on win the Stanley Cup in 2018 then in 2019 they set the they tie the record for most wins in a regular season and have obviously the the notable historic uh, collapse in the first round against Columbus which was a freak incident but you have to think that if you replay that series a bunch of times the more likely uh, outcome, uh, especially given what's happened to Columbus since then, uh, would probably be Tampa winning that. And then who knows, you know, again, they were the best team during the regular season. So we, they're like some breaks. Maybe they're not, you know, especially like, uh, you know, the, the breaks would have had to gone their way. But if they had, we could be talking about a team looking at like four straight cups potentially uh, right now with Tampa. Instead, they're going to try to become uh, just the second team of this uh, century to win back-to-back cups, joining the 2016 and 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins. Pretty good company to be in. Uh, and and really, even if you go back before that, the 97 and 98 Detroit Red Wings won back-to-back cups. The 91 and 92 Pittsburgh Penguins won back-to-back cups. But really, it, it's, it, 
a lot of time tends to pass between teams doing this. Um, so it's, it's kind of special, even if they, um, even if they didn't win those first two woulda, coulda, shoulda uh, <laughs> situations, just winning two back-to-back uh, anyway would be highly impressive. So, yeah, I think keep an eye on on history if Tampa starts um, asserting themselves even more as the series goes on. Yeah, somebody said the phrase uh, to me the other day, Champa Bay, and I immediately cringed <laughs> and wanted to die. So, Wait, was that the first time you'd heard it? No, I had heard it. It just reminded me you of the most recent out. incident to which it refers and then <sighs> all that. So, Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I guess if our other alternative, like we'd been living in a world where Boston was winning the championship in every sport practically every year for years. So if Tampa Bay is the alternative, yes, Tom Brady is the connective tissue that links together those two cities and perhaps not <laughs> what we would want to be the connective tissue uh, in that situation. Although the tissue is very um, limber because it does stretching exercises and drinks water constantly. Uh, but anyway, so I, I think that, um, you know, if that if the alternative is Boston winning, I guess it's nice to see another city have um, ha- have an opportunity to rack up an absurd number of titles. What I was really hoping for, and it didn't happen, they were actually quite awful, was that the Toronto Raptors, who won the NBA Finals in 2019 and because of Canadian border rules, played their home games in Tampa this season. Right. I was kind of hoping they would make a run and you could end <laughs> up actually having championship teams, uh, or at least near championship teams, because the Rays went to the World Series and, and lost, but near championship teams from uh, in, in every sport playing in Tampa at the same time and just be like, you know what? God bless Ron DeSantis. They did it right. You know, no. <laughs> what the f- no. you know, that, the it's, it's just Ugh. a testament to, to Florida men being Florida men. Yep. Uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, Toronto was terrible. And, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see Montreal do something in this, uh, in this series. Yes. Like you uh, said, they're exactly in the place they want to be. We got them right where we want him. It's worked every time so far, and uh, it's going down. I'm telling you. Out of the one time that they fell behind one nothing, it did work 100% of the time. Damn straight. <laughs> um, so cool. Uh, where can people find you? Well, they won't find me anywhere after I made that comment about Ron DeSantis, but uh, if they wanted to, they could find uh, me at 538. They could find my GitHub at uh, github.com slash neilpain538.com. But that's actually just, I I didn't mean the subdirectory of GitHub. I meant literally type that in as the URL. (laughs) How about you, Walt? Yep. I'm on the internet. Walt Hickey. Numlock News insider i'm all over the place it's a good time uh but yeah i mean it's gonna be a great week i think that um there's a shot that if again like again the 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 habs can put them away very quickly we can do a little mini post game episode or something such as that emergency uh, pod i i've never done an emergency pod there's never been a situation in my life that arose to the necessity of an emergency pod i know that emergency pods for you guys just happen day in day out constantly it's an ongoing emergency pod but uh (laughs) Life is just one big emergency. Uh, but yes, I think that that the the thing that should rise to the occasion of you doing your first emergency pod is a Montreal Canadiens championship. 
Yes. And I'm not even being sarcastic. That's like, actually, that would be the most improbable thing to happen <laughs> uh, in the last year. And that includes <laughs> yes, a global pandemic. That happening. includes a global pandemic, um, <laughs> the election news that just broke in New York City immediately before we started recording that I had to do some stuff with. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, that sounds great, man. Uh, I'll see you next week. And then here, enjoy the lovely sounds of Jockey Say and his orchestra. <laughs> <laughs>